Hey, I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Journey Fellowship Church's podcast, Stories I Didn't Get to Tell Last Sunday. And we're going to be joined today by my son, Cade McAllister, who is also the media director at Journey. And Cade and I have a few stories to tell, stories about uh, Cade's childhood. I'll try not to embarrass him too much, and maybe he won't embarrass me too much. But we got some really good stories to tell. And Kate also uh, produces all of the online content for Journey, uh, not only the Sunday morning online campus, but also he does all the support for uh, the app and for um, the uh, archives of all the sermons and all the support stuff that happens throughout the week at Journey. So, yeah. Good to have you here, Cade. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, you know, here's let me start out with one story. This one's kind of special to me, and you can butt in whenever mm-hmm. you want to if you want to just join the conversation. Uh, when Rachel and I first sensed the call to plant this church in 1996, uh, we were um, in Amsterdam on an outreach, and we when we got back, we both had this sense that we were called to plant a new church and didn't know how to do it and was really scared about doing it. And it would mean pulling up our roots and leaving our home church and moving to a different city and starting our whole life over, which is a frightening prospect on its own to quit your job uh, that you've been there, you know, serving at 10 for 10 years uh, to s- move out of our home that we've been raising our kids in to leave uh, their schools and our parents, all of that factored in as enough. And then we discovered in the process that Rachel was pregnant. No better way to plant a new church uh, than when you quit everything and leave your city and find out that you're expecting another child. And that baby was Cade. That's right. It was Cade. I remember uh, that. You remember that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So it was, it was, uh, it made made things a little scary. So uh, Cade, you, you've been with us since the beginning Day one, day one. Even before we planted the church, you were, you were there with us, and um, so we we moved to Slidell. We we planted the church. We started as a small group with about seventeen or eighteen people, uh, and we made a new home. We rented a house and we moved our family. And then when it came time for you to be born, we were we were trying to decide on what we were going to name you. And I think I've told you this story mm-hmm. maybe a thousand times, but <laughs> I'll tell it once more. So uh, you were our fourth, and we'd gone through a lot of the names that we had liked and got rid of some that we didn't like and just couldn't decide. And then when when your mom was about in her ninth month, um, we had some friends over one night, and we were, we were uh, playing some uh, games and just having a fun night, and we were watching uh, – country music television, which I think is now gone. It was called CMT at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and a little boy came on with a guitar. He may have been five years old. He had a big cowboy hat on and a guitar, and he was playing and singing. And they put his name in the scroll at the bottom of the screen, and his first name was Cade. And I yelled out, Rachel, I found a name for our son. I was kind of kidding. I, didn't think, I thought she would veto it. Like, mm-hmm. And I said, we should name him Cade. And your mom, nine months pregnant, and she said, that sounds great to me. <laughs> so, of course, now a little backstory about Cade. You know, we uh, our family goes to Tennessee every year, and we have for many, many years. And one of our favorite places to visit is called Cade's Cove. So I already had a real affection for that name anyway, so it kind of stuck. So uh, 
mom agreed, and that's how you became Cade McAllister. You know, that's the origin of my name. Yeah. So uh, CMT. Yeah. yeah, you had a name from a CMT uh, uh, video, so which I think is kind of, kind of <laughs> neat. Yeah. Um, so when when Cade was going to be um, born, we knew it was he, he was real close, and we were between insurance because we quit our old jobs, so we didn't have any health insurance, and we hadn't bought any new health insurance. This is before the government destroyed health care in America. So we had our own health care before we left that job. And so now we were in between health care uh, plans. So we had to pay cash for you. You know, so I went to the hospital <laughs> and I talked to the administration and I said, hey, we don't have any insurance and we don't qualify for government assistance. I said, we have to pay cash for this baby. Uh, so anyway, we made a deal with the hospital. They gave us 24 hours in the hospital for a, for a set amount. So we had a, we had a time your birth perfectly, yeah. man. <laughs> when, when mom went into labor, we went to the hospital. She had 24, 23 hours and 59 minutes to give birth. So, you know, so she did that. So we were in and out of the hospital in one day. We paid cash for you. So you enter this world, a debt-free baby. Mm. We pay cash for you. So do you remember any of that story? Uh, some of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Just from what you've told me. Well, you were there all, you know, the whole time. So uh, anyway, you've kind of grown up uh, with our church. You know, we've um, had the privilege of raising you and uh, your, your five brothers, four brothers and sisters. There's five of y'all total. Uh, it's been a, a labor of love, you know. So it was uh, our family life uh overlapped our church life which overlapped our family life and mm -hmm. you know we always made our family a priority but we brought you guys to everything that we did you yeah. know you come to work with us until you went to school yeah you know we brought you to work every day you know uh and then the same was true for all your brothers and sisters you know we uh there one time when you were about about three years old you pulled the fire alarm mm -hmm. at the building do you remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all at work, and we have Kate in the nursery, kind of taking care of himself. We're right down the hall, and all of a sudden, we uh, we hear uh, alarm go off, and, uh, and within a minute, fire trucks and policemen are pulling up in the parking lot, thinking the fire was the building was on fire, and we finally discovered that you had pulled the fire alarm. You know, so you've always made our life full of adventure. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you've always, you know, filled us, filled our lives with joy, and uh, but you know, we we got to, you know, um, enjoy our family. And mom and I made a decision early on that we would never let our children uh, take second place to our ministry. You know, Jesus is first, right. but our family is second, hard yeah. second. You know, we've always made that our priority. Yeah, you know, we always wanted you guys to. Um, you know, go to school and become well-rounded adults and get a college education and start life debt-free. So we just made that our focus uh, yeah. in, in life, you know, and you, um, you know, you wound up, you know, um, exceeding our expectations, man. So I want you to take a minute, Kate, and just tell, uh, tell our friends at Journey what goes on on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. what it's like to produce the the online campus and the podcast later and yeah. the YouTube channel. So yeah. any, any insight you want to give? Yeah. Well, uh, we, uh, everything starts the week before, right. Yeah. Or yeah. even the month before we, everything's yeah. planned out. Yeah. It seems like things just happen on Sunday, but yeah, there's a lot of thought and a lot of intention. Yeah. It all seems kind of magical it, on Sunday. Right? Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is a great song or this is yeah. a great, you know, yeah. transition or you don't even think about it. Right. Right. A lot of the things that, we prepare as the media team um, goes unnoticed and it should go unnoticed, yeah. right? Because 
we are there to amplify what the worship team is doing and the the pastoral staff is doing yeah and uh amplify what the holy spirit is doing through them yeah um with, through online, through literally amplification with microphones and yeah, speakers, right. through videos, through transitions. So really, yeah. the less you notice about the media team, the more we're doing right. Yeah. And until something goes wrong, Good that's point. when people, you know. So okay. on Sunday, we had a mishap on the last song. Yeah. One of the one of the equipment malfunctioned, yeah. and it's it it replayed the third song. Like we have backing tracks and, yeah. and a metronome, and yeah. it was replaying those, and so it was playing through those words. Yeah. And so that seems like a huge fluke, but really it was just. Yeah. One thing was out of place, yeah. and so it threw everything off. We start, yeah. So we it's so playing the, different chords. So the third song or the fourth song? The fourth song. Yeah. So what happened? We end the third song. The fourth song begins, and the third song restarted we, on yeah. like the the background stuff. Oh wow! And so the old words, the songs, the the third song words came up. The yeah. it was playing the wrong chords, yeah. and no one knew what was going on on stage yeah. until I, I realized because I was running the the clicks in the track. And yeah. We realized what happened, but it's little things like that that. Yeah. It takes one little thing, one little kink in the system, and yeah. it all happens. But really, in the grand scheme of things, it's yeah. not that major. I'm always amazed when I go into the control room on Sunday morning and all your team's in there and everybody's at their station. You have an online sound man. You mm -hmm. have the, the switcher, the yeah. director, right. uh, the pro presenter, and then yeah. and then the, uh, in the sound room where all, all of the sound happens, you mm -hmm. know. And then all the cameras. So it takes about, what, 10 of you guys? About, yeah. Yeah, to, to actually run. On a Sunday morning. yeah. And it's it's amazing to watch, you know, yeah. all the, you know, all the equipment. You know, it's kind of overwhelming when I think, you know, before the um, before the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, we had one static camera facing the stage, <laughs> and that's what we call the online campus. Yeah. You know, there was no support; it was just turn it on, and let it just play, and whoever watched can watch. Right. You know, but you know, we made a, a strategic decision as a church. Uh, when the pandemic uh, turned into a lockdown, uh, you were working for another startup. You're working for uh, a social media startup mm -hmm. company. And uh, I had a conversation with you one night. And I said, Kate, how would you like to come to work for us and yeah. build our our digital you know, ministry, and, yeah. you know, and you, obviously you said yes, yeah. you know, so you came on and uh, you and Anthony and all of the guys on your team just yeah. went to work on building that, you know, that platform, yeah. you know, how much equipment did you have to build or buy or network? What was that like kind of building that structure from the inside? Yeah. Well, yeah. I kind of understood, you know, the general gist of what we needed to get done. Yeah. And we had a lot of stuff. So it was really just moving stuff and putting it in the right place. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we didn't really have, we didn't have to get too much, you know, yeah. some cameras in here yeah. and there, but yeah. it's interesting to see, um, how churches approach the pandemic yeah. and a lot of them went online and some of them are exclusively online even still. Right. Um, and then I, I just appreciate that we never shut our doors. And even though we, you know, really bumped up our online presence, yeah. we never, you know, we never said no to anybody coming in. Right. We never any, closed. Any yeah. yeah. You're right. We never closed down, but probably 90 percent plus of our church moved to the yeah. online campus yeah. you know at, at one point at the height of the pandemic we were having a couple of thousand yeah. viewers online you know to go from before the pandemic we would have 20 people yeah. watching to have 2,000 people watching yeah. was it was a huge shift and I don't know what we would have done as a church you know yeah. in fact probably around the world churches were forced yeah to go online have you have you heard any talk about churches you know generally being forced to learn how to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, some churches 
still don't have websites yet they found their way on Facebook to stream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really just takes a camera and or not even a camera, a phone. A lot of churches, yeah. you know, just use their phones. It's like and, maybe the Lord, you know, used this terrible pandemic to really push the church into, you yeah. know, the digital world. Yeah, you definitely. Know? You know, um, I don't know if this is true or not. I've heard talk of this and I'm t- I hadn't been able to verify it, but I heard that last Easter, uh, there were 2 billion people tuned in online to church, yeah. you know, which is, uh, you know, that's incredible. If that's yeah. true, I don't know if it, that, that's counting all platforms and all the internet, you know, it's, it may be an estimate, yeah. but if it's just a billion, you know, that, that's just incredible that never before in the history of the world have believers all gathered at one time to worship the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, amazing. Made, it's made possible by, you know, this, this online, um, online ministry that yeah. we were forced into. Right. But with everything with technology, yeah. uh, it's always a double-edged sword. Yeah. So the easier you make it to attend yeah. church, the easier it is to not, not go to church and yeah. have no accountability. Yeah. So that's definitely a, a struggle that yeah. every church has gone through yeah. in this. And you know, getting we, people back. we kind of, we kind of struggled with that as a staff. We had a yeah. lot of talk about it. Hey, maybe we should back off a little bit and not do as much, but this is where I landed. Uh, I think we have to stay online yeah. because it is the most effective form of outreach the world has ever seen. Right. And we would be, derelict in our duties as evangelists yeah. not to use the Absolutely. internet it's you know so uh, my commitment as long as i'm the pastor is that we're going to stay online a hundred percent so that anybody looking for a church can find us and we found that most people b- before they come visit us in person they visit us online first yeah. i think the numbers on average they'll visit four times online before they'll even step foot in your door. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the new mass marketing or, yeah. you know, mass mailer campaign or door to door evangelism and all those things worked in years gone by. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to knock on somebody's door now because <laughs> people live behind gated communities yeah. or in apartment complexes that don't allow you in. Yeah. You can't do door to door evangelism right. in America. Um, mailers are ineffective for the most part, yeah. you know, because most people get so much junk mail, they throw almost all of it away, <laughs> you know, and now the internet, it, it, you can put your your message at the touch of their finger on yeah. their smartphone or on their uh, their tablet or their laptop, and you know, and you and your team have been instrumental in helping us to do that. Not only do we have the online campus, which has been used by thousands of people this year in the last uh, year and a half, uh, but also uh, all of our messages are archived mm-hmm. and they're available on the Journey app. Yeah. You know, uh, not to mention our, our YouTube channel. And then we've expanded, uh, you know, we have a weekly blog. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have this weekly podcast, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, it's it's like um, uh, maybe God's um, plan for us to exploit the, you know, the, um, the internet so that we can preach the gospel, you know, and, uh, you've been very instrumental in that. What's your Sunday like? What what time do you get there Sunday morning? (laughs) It varies, but usually I try to get there at seven, Yeah, depending on, you know. So you're the first one there and the last one to leave? Typically. Yeah. 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 Besides the security guys at the end of the day locking up. Yeah. Right. I'll, right. I'll I'll get there when the lights are off and I leave when the lights are off. Yeah, you heard coming. Right. Yeah, and and to produce what you guys produce, you know, it's just it's just incredible. You know, uh, it's a joy. You know, in the month of June, I didn't preach at all. Um, you know, I, I took a month and uh, all of our staff took yeah. uh, opportunities to speak on Sunday, so I got to spend a lot of time with you in the control room and with the online campus yeah. pastor and all the guys. I got to see what happens. 
you know, back behind the scenes because I'm usually busy preaching and leading yeah. and I never get the privilege to sit and watch. And man, I'm, I'm just so impressed. You know, uh, everything you do is over my head, <laughs> all the equipment, you know, it makes my head swim. You know, I'm, I'm from the analog generation, yeah. you know, uh, I actually just brought to Walgreens a box full of disposable cameras <laughs> and 35 millimeter film. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, a I'm a different generation, man. Yeah. And I tried to, you know, we, we, we sold our house, as you know, and we moved recently. And uh, we, uh, in the middle of the move, we went through boxes in the attic that had been there for 15 or 20 years. And one by one, one box by one. And none of it was just junk. It was all stuff that we treasured. But we wanted to go through each box. And when I got to this one box, I found uh, a treasure trove of undeveloped film. Mm -hmm. 35 millimeter in that little black capsule right. and disposable cameras. Which yeah. I'd forgotten those things even existed. But somehow along the way of raising five kids, we forgot to get those yeah. film developed. We got a lot of film developed. We had thousands of pictures and lots of videos that we did get developed, but somehow these few got left behind. Mm -hmm. So I brought, I brought it to Walmart, <clears throat> and they they don't do it anymore. So then I went to Sam's, and the lady said, "Yeah, we don't develop film anymore." Yeah. Uh, so finally, I went to Walgreens, and I stumbled on a lady who was about my age, and I said, "Do you guys develop film?" She said, "Oh, honey, yes, we do." <laughs> so I made a new friend. We're about the same age. Uh, and we were laughing and talking about the technology and about disposable cameras and how that was such a step forward mm -hmm. in the 80s or 90s, whenever they came out in the 90s. It was like, wow, this is amazing. Use a camera one time and have it developed, you know. Uh, so I had to go through the process for 30 minutes. We filled out envelopes and stuck in the cameras and the film and mailed them off. I'm still waiting for them to come back. She said it's going to take 14 to 20 days to get them back. So hopefully I'll get them back this week. Yeah. But my point of that story was I'm from a whole different era. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm the last of the baby boomers. I was born in 62, you know, so uh, technology has taken three or four generation leaps past me, you know, so I'm always amazed to watch um, men your age uh, who are operating in a whole new world, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I'm not that old. I'm only 50, how old, I'm 58 or 59, uh -huh. uh, 59 years old. I may, I may be 59, 59 this year. In October, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be 59. Um, so I'm not that old. However, <laughs> technology is changing every, you know, 12 months. Yeah. You know, it, it used to be once every hundred years, then once every generation, then once every decade. Now, every 12 months, there's a whole new rollout of technology and the terminology and the hardware and the software and the language and, you know, all these things, you know, that were so expensive and so impossible to do 10 yeah. years ago now is in reach of everybody. Yeah. You know, um, you went to LSU. Mm -hmm. You're a tiger. I'm a tiger. Yeah. I have been a tiger fan my whole life. And if my dad were alive, Cade, he would be so proud of you because he loved LSU. And the reason why is because my dad grew up in the Great Depression and his best friend, whose name was Douglas David, mm -hmm. that's who I'm named Your after. Name. Yeah. My, my dad's best friend in the Great Depression, uh, when he finished uh, high school in that little country town, he went to LSU. Yeah. And my dad used to tell me this story. He would say, Douglas, I named you after my best friend, Douglas David. And he went to LSU. And he would say, and he made something of himself. Hmm. And he would say, and I want you to make something of yourself. 
But he was such a humble, wonderful guy. So, right about LSU. All right. Wow. But uh, my dad loved LSU so much. And I just, you know, even though he never got to go to college, he would have if he could have, but he never yeah. got to go. But he was so he was so uh, proud of his best friend who made something of himself, yeah. you know, and that he had a grandson that went there. I know that. And he probably knows. He's in heaven. He probably yeah. knows. He knows that. I remember the day you came home. You were you were in high school, <laughs> and we were talking about you taking the ACT or the SAT. I think ACT. Was, yeah, and you were getting ready to go to enroll in college, and me and Mom were talking about it. Uh, most of our kids had gone to Southeastern. Yep. Uh, except for Christian, she went uh, she went to Highlands in in, uh, in Birmingham. Birmingham. Uh, so we kind of thought you would probably wind up at SLU too. And you came home one day, and uh, me and Mom were in fact I, I think you were driving, so you drove home, mm-hmm. and uh, you came in. And it was uh, like career day yeah, at school. It was. And uh, so I said, "Kate, how was career day?" She said, you, "You said, hey, it was great, Dad." And you said, "I want to go to LSU." <laughs> I'm like, it really caught me off guard, kind of knocked me off, you know, uh, balance for a moment. And uh, I said, really? I said, Kate, I don't know, man, that's that's far away. And, uh, you know, it's expensive. And, you know, it's it, it may be out of our uh, ability. And uh, and your mom, your mom stepped up right then. And, and your mom said, he needs to go to LSU because he's going to find a girl there and he's going to marry her. And I was like, okay, I can't argue with that. <laughs> Uh, so you went to LSU, you yeah. know, uh, it was hard to let you go. Cause that's a long way. We were living in Slidell, yeah. you know, Baton Rouge is, you know, 90 miles away, yeah. you know, and, um, it was hard to let you go. You wound up living off campus in an apartment and that's really where you became a man. Yeah. You know, I remember the first night you went to the LSU football game. You were, I guess a sophomore or freshman. I was a freshman. Yeah. A freshman. Yeah. yeah. So that night you were going to go because you got tickets. The students get tickets for, yeah, like for, a for so cheap. How much do they cost to get tickets? I think it's $89 for a season. And oh, for the whole season. For the whole season. Oh my God. And and they have a student section where you can be either on the front row. Yeah. All the way, all the way down. It's on the corner of the um, of the end zone. Yeah. And it goes all the way up. To and the so top. yeah, so yeah. you have the whole section. So it's really first come, first serve. Oh wow! So you can get a front row seat. So of course, as yeah. a freshman, I would go and you would because they let you in four hours before the game starts, or maybe yeah. three hours. Yeah. And then at the gate, you can wait up to as long as you want. Yeah. Now, but people start lining up about six hours before kickoff. Wow. And, and it was brutal sun, you know, <laughs> sometimes it would pour rain on you. One of your friends were with you. Who was with you that night? Y'all got trapped in the rain. Ben Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember I was, uh, this is before we had like life 360, our, yeah. our, our tracking. So Fine I didn't know yeah. where you were. I just knew that night you were going to LSU and you were 18. And I was thinking you're going to the tiger stadium yeah. with a hundred thousand people. I was like, Oh my God, my 18 year old son is lost in a crowd of a hundred thousand people at an LSU game. So I tried to text you and you never answered me yeah and of course i the assumed cell, you, the cell reception is horrible well, it's a big giant metal dome exactly you know? but i assumed you were dead yeah that's my first right he, he didn't answer me so Naturally. he must he must be dead right yeah so for three and a half hours you never answered me yeah so you know mom mom kept saying he's fine he's at the game leave him alone it's like i'm gonna text him till he answers yeah. me i think i text you like four times throughout <laughs> the three hours you know finally that night you text me back dad i'm alive i'm fine well you know the other end of that story on my side i know what? i never told you i don't know what is it so uh, the game, I think it either got rained out. And yeah, it rained we, hard that it night. It rained really, like, it was the yeah. first It was the first game of the season in 2015. Right. 2015 season. And it was the first time, and I think the game was canceled. Yeah. It's the first time a game's been canceled since, like, the 80s. Right, right. That's what and, happened. That's why I was worried about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and and I was living I off campus. I think I was living in Hammond at that time and, and you commuting were, you to drive Baton Rouge. Home. That's right. So I was with Ben Simpson. I really didn't know anybody yet. I yeah. wasn't really connected with Chi Alpha. I really yeah. didn't have a, a crew. So I was yeah. just with him. He's a high school friend. Right. And um, so I think it was maybe halftime or something yeah. like that. And they canceled the game. Yeah. And so we go back. He was living on campus on a dorm. Right. And so we go back to his dorm, and it's it's pouring rain. We're yeah. soaking wet. Right. And <laughs> oh, I God. my car's on the other side of the world. Yeah. And on campus. Um, and so we go back to his dorm and we dry off and my clothes are still soaking wet. His clothes are wet. Right. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, I don't have clothes there. Do I get naked in his <laughs> dorm? So this it gets worse. Get it gets really bad. Oh my God. So he had a dorm, he had a dorm mate yeah. or he had a, a roommate in right. his dorm. Yeah. And then, so the way the dorms were set up, it was one dorm and then they had a Jack and Jill bathroom and yeah. then another dorm. Yeah. Uh, so that it was four guys total sharing the bathroom. Right. And we so it's just him and I in there. Right. Where I said I guess we'll have to get in our underwear and like he had dry clothes, <laughs> and so we're like we we get down to our underwear and then we hear someone unlocking the door, and we're like oh no, the roommate's gonna come in and Think, we're naked. Yeah, he's gonna, and we're naked, and uh, and so quickly thinking an 18 year old two 18 year old guy brains we're like let's just hide in the bathroom (laughs) that's making a lot better and so we get in the bathroom and he's in the the roommates having a hard time unlocking the doors i mean it's it's like a movie scene like 30 seconds he's like jiggling the door and like they're like you know it's a heist or something (laughs) and so we're in the bathroom soaking soaking wet in our underwear and we're like this is we we close the bathroom door we're like this is a horrible idea what are we gonna do his roommate's gonna come in and, and, we're and we're still in here. <laughs> right. And so eventually Ben goes out there uh, and his roommate finally gets in yeah. and he has girls with him. Oh, God. And so it was just, I mean, it was a mess. And so Ben said, hey, uh, do you mind? You give us about 30 minutes. <laughs> that sounds even worse. <laughs> yeah. The roommate doesn't know I'm in there. We later become, we later come pretty good friends. We're in the same major, and, but uh, I think he still knows this story to this day. What really went on behind that door. I didn't hear all this stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. his and he's like, okay, yeah. So they gave us time and we dried off and went home. But yeah, that was. That's why I was so worried. Yeah. Now I know why. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. So my worry was, just, was justified. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you got out with your dignity and your clothes? Well, parts of my dignity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh gosh. Yeah. That's so great. And man. I went home and yeah. finally texted you back. Yeah, yeah. I'm alive. Cause I didn't get those text messages until we were at his dorm. Right. And then I see them I'm like, well, I'm a little preoccupied. Yeah. I can't answer this right yeah. now. I'm naked. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And so home. you, um, you, uh, you initially enrolled in engineering, mm-hmm. mechanical engineering, and you quickly moved over to yeah. ISDS. Right. What is that stand for? ISDS? Information systems and decision sciences. There it is. Yeah. yeah. So I it's, it's, remember. At LSU, it's in the business college, but it's 60 hours is 60 hours of classes are yeah. uh, computer science and the other 60 are in business. So yeah. there's like, um, it's like kind of economics, of business yeah. law, accounting, all that stuff. It's yeah. just like the basic level of those classes and then yeah. the basics of computer science. So that, that really put you on the track to where you are today. Yeah. yeah all the stuff that you do is information systems yeah. and decision sciences yeah absolutely yeah your information technology you're, uh, in fact you've had so you had so much value to uh to journey by bringing all of that knowledge and and now yeah. real life experience yeah you know it kind of like you said early amplifies yeah what we do you know it, you really um you know make a huge huge impact at, yeah. at, at, at the church 
you know. So, uh, and you were there when uh, LSU was building their national championship program. I was. I graduated yeah. right before. Yeah, the year before yeah. Joe Burrows took us to the national champ. But yeah. you were there the first year because didn't he enroll as a junior? He transferred from somewhere, Ohio. Yeah, I or think somewhere. it was. I was yeah. there. I don't think I was a freshman. I think yeah. I was maybe yeah. a sophomore. He junior. transferred when yeah. you were a sophomore. I mm-hmm. think he, he enrolled as a junior. Yeah. Or I don't know. I forget exactly. But, I was there. My yeah. freshman year is when Leonard Fournette was. Um, oh, that's that was right. his last year there. I remember that man. He that was, that's a, that is something to watch. He was especially amazing. in yeah. college. It's, yeah. Because now in the NFL, he's yeah. playing in the NFL. It's now a lot he's a different. Superstar, yeah, yeah, he's a superstar, but the the level of defense yeah. is a lot higher. But just yeah. seeing yeah. the six foot four, how, however big he is, yeah, he was, just he would truck through people. And yeah. so the iconic moment where he's he's going through, I think four or five defensive linemen, yeah. mm-hmm. and one's on his back, and, and he throws them. him over the back. <laughs> yeah, he's carrying another one, and that was right. I mean, I was third row right there when oh it was my happening. Gosh. I remember it. it was Man, just, what it's a surreal thrill. to see that. Yeah, because these guys are. Three hundred yeah. pounds, right. and, to, to and he's flicking them off, man, yeah. like you know, like bugs. Yeah. yeah, he was sort of like Thor. You yeah, know? he really. was just Thor among mortals. Yeah. He just ran through the line, man. It, yeah. it was beautiful to watch. Uh, I remember when uh, Burroughs transferred to LSU. Uh, I was reading an article one day about the transfer, and this guy writing it said, this could be the best thing to ever happen to LSU, or this may be the worst. Mm-hmm. He said, because this guy has the potential to be a superstar. Yeah. And I was like, I never heard of him, you know, until I read that article. Uh, and then it so happened to coincide with the rise of Coach O, yeah. you know, which is another great story. A guy who was, you know, early on sleeping in the locker room just to get a job at yeah. LSU, moved, bounced around to other universities, and then landed. And it the role of a lifetime. Yeah. You know, he became the head coach of LSU. You know, many people didn't believe in him. Others thought it was just a, a gimme that it didn't, he didn't yeah. deserve it. But he proved everybody wrong, mm-hmm. man. And uh, he took the transfer of Joe Burrows and, of course, with an incredible coaching staff. Yeah. You know, and Tom a Brady, lot yeah. of great receivers and a strong defense and turned it into a storybook season, man. You know, and I'm I'm kind of glad you got to witness that happening in in real time. You know, even though their championship season was the year after you graduated. Yeah. You know, what a great story to be a part of. Yeah. You know, what what a great you know story to tell your kids. Hey, I was a tiger when all of this happened. Yeah. You know, it may be the only time we ever have a 15 and 0 season. You know, and win the national championship, and the quarterback wins the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. You know, and it's like that we beat Alabama. You know, we beat yeah. we beat Clemson. You know, we beat everybody. Yeah. I think we'd beat you know an NFL team. We it was mm, just maybe. one of the <laughs> pretend. Yeah, maybe we, the Dolphins. Or never going to maybe the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, or the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and then to go 15 and 0. You know, we watched that LSU Alabama game at your house. Mm-hmm. You I know, that. oh my gosh, because you and Taylor had just gotten married. It was in November. Yeah. 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 And by the way, I no, said, it was right before. I said earlier that your mom said he needs to go to LSU to, because he's going to meet a girl and they're going to get married. Yeah. Well, mom's prophecy came to pass. Yes. You met Taylor. Mm hmm. And now you're married to Taylor. Yes. And going on, what, how many years? This will be two this yeah, November. Two years. Yeah. And Taylor is such a. A wonderful part of yeah. our family and our life, you know. Felt like I've always known her, you know. Um, so the first um, time we had a LSU party at your house, you and Taylor were renting a house in Mandeville, mm-hmm. and we watched them, you know, squeak by Alabama. It, it yeah. was a nail biter, man. Remember, it was mm-hmm. back and forth. Alabama scored like a ninety-yard touchdown in the last. Few, it's like, are they gonna come back and beat us? Yeah. 
Remember how, you know, hair yeah. raising that game? Man, it was just so scary. And then LSU held on to beat them, and they ran the, they ran the table. They beat everybody, you know. And then, of course, the national championship game was Clemson. Mm-hmm. And Clemson had, hadn't lost a game like in like two, two or three years. Yeah. yeah. They were undefeated for three years or something ridiculous yeah. like that. So they were the favorite. You know, they're going to beat, you know, it was Tigers versus Tigers. Right. LSU was probably going to lose to Clemson. And the first quarter was pretty close, you know. Uh, we showed that game the other day for Father's Day. We did in the parking lot. We did. We, we, yeah. <laughs> we had a parking lot party, so we put the LSU game on the big screen out in the parking lot. And in between serving uh, food, I was watching uh, the, the, the Clemson game. You know, mm-hmm. the first half was pretty close, and then LSU blew it open. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. So what? What a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful story. And I'm so grateful f- uh, for all that you learned at LSU. Yeah. Absolutely. And for all the... A lot of preparation. Yeah. It's school and then Chi Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. And LSU Chi Alpha was instrumental. Absolutely. In shaping your spiritual life, you know, and that's where you and Taylor met. That's where we met. Yeah. Where Taylor got saved, yeah. Yeah. Taylor got saved at Chi Alpha. And then y'all met. Did y'all meet one night? Y'all were on a group date with other friends at Chi Alpha or something like that? Yeah. Well, really, the beginning of the relationship started, she was in civil engineering, which she didn't care about at all, really. Yeah. And then I was in... Uh, mechanical, but I was a lot of my classes were like a semester, um, a lot, a lot further along than her. Yeah. So I knew I already I had taken all the classes that she was currently in. So I was yeah. tutoring her. Oh. So I would tutor her in you know physics and calculus wow. or whatever. Wow. During, in you know, so in the, the library. F- That's so where the it friendship kind of bloom blossomed. Right. From but there. we met in Chi Alpha, <sighs> and we we actually looked back at it, yeah. and uh, we were in the same exact. Our very first college class was chemistry at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. We, that was our same same class. We we're in the yeah. same class. <sighs> it was it was a three hundred person auditorium, so oh we never gosh. knew. But we were looking back at it. We had the oh same professor, I love that. same time, same class. It was our very first college class. You guys together. had chemistry from the first day. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah, that. Before. You <laughs> had chemistry, man, and you still have chemistry. You guys yeah. are perfect for each other, yeah, man. It's absolutely. like, you know, Taylor's answered a prayer. I remember we, as a little boy, in fact, one of the first prayers we ever prayed over you, we laid hands on mom's belly and we prayed for your wife. Yeah. And here she is. And Taylor is an answer to prayer. Absolutely. Man, she is just such a. No other a, way to explain She's it. a gift from God. We love her so much. And uh, I just love that you guys met at LSU. You know, you graduated together. Mm-hmm. It's the same semester? I graduated a semester before. A semester earlier yeah. than she did. Yeah, because you, you took like 900 hours in yeah, one 24, semester. 24, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You came on one day and said, I'm going to take uh, 24. I was like, okay, that's not even humanly possible. Yeah. Well, it's not even uh, possible. They wouldn't even let me. Yeah. I had to, because uh, you have to get an appeal. Yeah. So it was 18 hours I took. And then I had to appeal to take 21 the next semester. And then I had to appeal to my counselor to take 24. I was just motivated to graduate because it was either, you know, graduate on time and take, you know, the last semester with two or three classes or I could, you know, really work hard and get out. 18, 21, 24, Mm -hmm. all in three semesters. Yeah. So you you did so like took half, half of, my course in three semesters, or you half took my half of your degree, degree yeah. in three semesters, yeah. And you still graduated, you know, high in your yeah. class too, with you know, with great grades and, yeah. yeah. It wasn't easy, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you survived it. I, yeah, I look back, I you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how you did that, but uh, and then Taylor graduated the next semester mm-hmm. right after you. She did. Yeah, and you went to work. You got a job offer right out of college, yeah. uh, very, and they wanted to move you blessed. to Kansas City. 
and I was moving. Oh, man, I didn't want you to go. I had Every, the apartment. Everything then. in me was, t- was saying don't go, but mom said don't say anything. Mom, yeah. Mom's always a very wise because I always want to yeah, butt in. Address and, the problem. Yeah, mom's <laughs> like, no, don't say anything. Let the Lord open the door, close the door for him. You know, so you had rented an apartment, and we just get ready to move, mm-hmm. you know, and my heart was just broken, and um, but I knew that you had to grow up and, you know, do do yeah. what you had to do. And at the last minute, the things changed, and they offered to let you work, Yeah, you know, from home, which yeah. is before the pandemic, and that was kind of a yeah. rare opportunity that they gave right. you to work from home, you know, and now it's pretty common. Everybody works from home, right. or, yeah. you know, lots of people work from home. You know, which kind of makes you wonder all those years when we were all commuting to work and we could have been at home the whole time. <laughs> it's a lot of wasted driving hours. Know, yeah. right. We could have been doing this all, a lot earlier, yeah. you know. Uh, so you got to work from home and you worked there for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two years? Yeah. Uh, no, was it a year? I don't know. I don't remember. Let's see, 2018, yeah. 2019 to 20. Almost two full years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember that night when I was talking to you, I said, Kate, do you have an opportunity with that company? It's going to be a great um, yeah. opportunity. Or you can, yeah. you can come work for us. And uh, you and Taylor decided that you'd come work for us. I mean, you've made such an impact in uh, in helping us to build, yeah. you know, our our digital ministry. You know, I think we call you the uh, um, what, what what title did we give you? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't. We don't if it has oh, electricity, me, I media director. Yeah, media if it's director. powered, you, you're responsible for it. Yeah, yeah, I think we call you the media, media director. director. But you yeah. do so many things. Yeah. You know, and and on top of that, you drum also. You're an incredible mm-hmm. drummer. We're talking about LSU. Mm-hmm. Chi Alpha. Yeah. So we got down this rabbit trail. But you you really you connect it to Jonathan. We love Jonathan and Allie so much. Uh and all the guys at, at, at LSU Chi Alpha have mm-hmm. made such an impact in your life Absolutely. and in Taylor's life. You know, we'll always be grateful. The first time you met Jonathan, we were having breakfast, me and Jonathan at the Corner Cafe in Pachatula. Yes, you remember sir. this? The Berrytown Cafe. Yeah, Berrytown Cafe, the Corner Cafe. Right. So I called you, hey, Kate, I'm, I'm, I'm having breakfast with uh, the LSU Chi Alpha director. Come come meet with us. You're like, okay. And it was kind of awkward. Yeah, you know, of I, like, I don't want to meet this guy. <laughs> I don't know who he is. But y'all, he became your mentor, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually and really shaped you spiritually. Yeah. And uh, he took you to Ireland. Yeah. Remember that trip? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Anything you want to tell us about Ireland? Anything? Man. Jump out? Yeah, that was a culture shock because before you always take us, you take all of your kids on a a mission, a mission trip of some sort, whether it's out of the country or in the country, their senior year of high school, our senior year of high school. Right. And uh, you took me to Argentina, to to Luis. Right. And that was, you know, very eye opening uh, to the world and to um, just the ministry there. Remember getting stuck in Miami airport? Yes. That is a, <laughs> that is a third world country. Is that cr- yeah. Okay. So we're, I, I, let's get back to your story. No, to Ireland. Yeah, a second. Let me yeah. just tell this one. So Kate and I are going to um, Argentina and you got to go through Miami. Yes. We and then Miami. it takes like, I, almost a whole day to get yeah. to Argentina, which is you think it's especially real where we went. We had to take another, yeah. you know, fifty person it took plane, like three flights to get yeah. there or whatever, you yeah. know. So anyway, we're in Miami, waiting for our flight, uh, and everything's in Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and primarily in Spanish. Every, primarily, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like it's small not subscript of Spanish. It like, is it's Spanish. in Spanish, and then sometimes the, there's English under English <laughs> translations underneath it. Uh, so we're we're in Miami. Uh, we're waiting in this real busy gate, waiting for our plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a an announcement that comes over the loudspeaker that's in Spanish, mm-hmm. and then it's interpreted in English. So I tuned out. I wouldn't yeah. even listen to it. And you said, Dad, 
that man just said your name. Yeah. And I said, are you sure? And they like, said, Doug, Doug McAllister. Yeah, he's like, I don't think that's my name. He said, I'm pretty sure that's you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to go up to the desk. So we went up there to the desk, and you said, hey, did you call my name? And, and the lady said, yeah, they're moving you to a different flight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had to change gates, and it was going to be like in 15 minutes. It was on the other side of the airport. Yeah, yeah. it was like so we ran. <laughs> humanly impossible to go from this gate to that one in 15 minutes. You said, yeah. you need to go now. So you and I took off running with our, you know, our carry-ons, and we're Busting the busy the airport is just packed out. There's yeah, thousands of people there. We're running, man, through the airport. And then we come up to this wall that it was under construction and mm-hmm. they had detours everywhere. Yeah. So one guy said, Y'all need to get on the train. It'll get so we we got on the train to go to the gate. And when we sat down, the the train started going the opposite direction. Yeah. We're, and we're like, wait, we just came from there. We're we're never gonna make it. And then the most incredible thing happened next. So we're sitting there, and you and I are just laughing at our predicament. Mm-hmm. We're going to be late. We're going to be trapped in and the airport. we have airport. no idea where we're going. <laughs> no idea how to get there. Yeah. Across the aisle on the train is a lady sitting there, and she says, what are you guys laughing about? And I told her, and I said, well, we're supposed to be at one gate, but the train's going in the opposite direction, and then we're going to miss our flight, and we're just laughing at our predicament. And she said, I know a shortcut. And I was like, excuse me? She said, I know how to get you there on yeah. time. I said, are you serious? Now, I don't know if it's really wise what we did, yeah. you know, but we trusted a stranger yeah. to take us on a sh- shortcut to the gate, which that didn't seem like, it's like you've been set up to be robbed, right. you know? Yeah. So we come, get off come the train. to tra- the store. Yeah. Come this back alley. Come with me. I'm going to show you something. It's a shortcut. Yeah. So we get off the train at the next stop. We, we're following her and she's jogging. So we're, we're running behind her and she goes through the construction zone. Mm-hmm. She opens doors that are locked. Yeah. And, she, and we're going, we're sneaking through the back hallways of the construction zone in the airport Mm -hmm. you know and we we make our way out the other side and right out to our gate and in time to get on on the plane so i asked her how did you know the shortcut and she said i'm on staff with the engineering firm Mm -hmm. that designed the new airport yeah i drew the hallways i know where they all go and it became like an analogy in my mind. Sometimes when we're lost, yeah. you know, we got to just trust the engineer. Yeah. You know, if he's going to lead us through the back shortcuts, you know, and, and Jesus is the great engineer. He designed yeah. everything. Sometimes God will put you in that position, I think, just so that you'll trust him. You know, of course, we roll the dice on trusting this strange woman. We didn't know she was the engineer. <laughs> we didn't know that. We didn't know she knew her way well. But yeah. we figured, you know what? It's bad now. Let's just get yeah. lost into the construction right. zone. And we got on our plane and we made it on yeah, time. We're the last our... people to board. Yeah, we're the last the one. They, they were like, hey, you had a minute to spare. Yeah. They were shutting things down. But it's only because she knew. Yeah. The way she was the great designer, and sometimes you know God gives us the opportunity just to trust His design for our life. So anyway, that's how we got to Argentina. Yeah, and you and I spent ten days. That's there. how we got to Chile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went to Chile. Yeah. We didn't really go to Argentina to another another yeah. flight. And then from Chile to uh, Buenos Aires, and mm-hmm. Buenos Aires to Salta. Salta. It was like a what an eighteen hour day. Yeah. It was a brutal trip, man. Yeah. It was brutal because we went coach all the way. You know, it was just, it was, it was hard on the body. We spent 10 days there, went fishing. Uh, we did church planting. You know, we yeah. did a lot of evangelism. We worked with Luis and Lourdes and their, their boys.
missionaries a lot, and they planted three churches in Salta, yeah. and we got to be part of that. And kind of, we had met Mario and his family, who were one of the church planting teams, and we made some lifelong friends, yeah. you know. Uh, and so, out of that, when you got to Chi Alpha, then Jonathan arranged the trip to um, to Ireland, mm-hmm. and he invited you to go. Yeah, yeah, and you had to raise your own money to go. You raised yeah. like two thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. Right. Any stories from Ireland you want to tell? Anything? There's a lot of stories from Ireland. Anything good you yeah. can you can share? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to think about that. Um, yeah. But leading up to Ireland, you yeah. know, uh, Jonathan was just developing me, de- developing me uh, as a leader and just really discipling and pouring into me. Yeah. Because that was towards my the end of my uh, college career. Yeah. But before then, he um, he kind of just let me uh, just be me. You know, yeah. like he mm-hmm. he gave me free reign to drum and wow. help out with the music ministry yeah. and worship. Um, and then he, he he really pushed me to things that I would have never done on my own. I'm not mm. the type of person to go out and yeah. uh, get, you know, make disciples. And yeah. But he really developed that that right. in me. Because you, you got a small group for, I did, uh, for yeah. what, two years? Two years, yeah. yeah. And which you is, made a lot of disciples. Which is brutal yeah. on top of also being a full-time college yeah. student. Plus you carried 18, 21, yeah. and 24 hours respectively, yeah. and you're a small group leader, still doing ministry. Yeah, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. You made some really great disciples yeah. too, people who love Jesus yeah. and who still follow the Lord to yeah. this day. Two man. of which were just here yesterday. Isn't that amazing? Town. I was going to yeah. say, I didn't, I, didn't wanna t- yeah. I didn't want to say something out of school, but yeah. that's just a beautiful story, man, yeah. that the impact you left behind. And yeah. now those guys are making disciples. Yeah. Well, it's really one guy that was, it was, yeah one of the original guys in my my small group yeah um and then he went to go lead his own small group and then he recruited this guy as his like you know they're best friends now they live together so it's really like you know like third generation right yeah 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 so. That's that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of god it it just ripples through generations you know and now those two guys are really both close to you they both came to church yesterday we 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 hung out and ate seafood for lunch and got yeah. to catch up on all that to do it and uh brandon preached last uh thursday, thursday night at kai yeah, alpha, alpha man LSU. Yeah, yeah i'm so proud of him man yeah. taking that bold step you yeah. know to you know to bring god's word on thursday night at lsu so yeah. so man so, so many great stories yeah. you know from your career at lsu you know all your friends and all the things you learned and the beautiful girl that you married. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad to have you home though. Honestly, man, <laughs> it was a long four years, you know, whenever, whenever our kids go away to college, I always mourn for the first year. Like I'm just kind of sad and sick and mope around. And mom's like, that, that's what they're supposed to be. Move on. They're good. You know, so, but I'm always glad when y'all come back <laughs> It's like, Oh, they're home yeah. uh, and bring more people with you. You know, it's uh, it, it's a joy. Yeah. It, it really is. You know, uh, I got a couple of memories. I know it's, we've been talking a while, mm-hmm. but I want to bring up a couple more stories. Yeah, can I tell? I, I, I thought you of something have one? from Ireland. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so we were there. It was a group of I think about eight or nine of us, and yeah. then Jonathan was leading the trip. Yeah. And um, but it was eight students, maybe ten, something like that, and yeah. around that, you know, yeah. less than a dozen. And it was our. Uh, it has nothing to do with ministry. It's yeah. just a crazy. It's story. just a life yeah, story. It's just a fun story. Those and. Are great. Um, we were so in Ireland, they take the train everywhere, right? Yeah. That's their main commuting. Right. So, we uh, well, a couple times I always joked, like, oh, because you have to have a little card, you yeah. know, and it, they you load money onto it. Yeah. So, I always joked with people, oh, I don't have my card. Like, yeah. I would, I would joke, we'd get because we had a commute from 
the uh, where we were staying, the hostel we were staying, yeah. and we would it was a thirty minute walk to the train station. Yeah, and so we would always get there, and like every day I would joke like, oh, I don't have my train card, right. you know, and we we would start to walk back. I'm like, I'm just kidding, guys, and I did of that course, a couple of times, of you would. and then I think the third or fourth day yeah. I did it. Oh. And I went to go for my card and I said, no, it's right here. And I was like, oh no, I don't have my card. Oh my God. And we, we had like a very strict schedule that day. We were going to a couple of different universities. Yeah. Like we couldn't miss this train Yeah. and I did not have my card. Oh my so we, so me and I think another guy sprinted back and came back and we made it in like 20 minutes round trip. Oh my God. And, uh, we, we get my card and we, we make it on the train, but it yeah. was just a great, it was a great time. And then another story around the train yeah. when we were leaving the airport. Um, or when we were leaving the hostel, going to the airport, mm -hmm. we took the train to another train station, took it and then took us to a bus. Right. Yeah. So we take that train, go to the bus station and we're waiting on the, we're waiting at the bus station. It's probably four in the morning. Mm -hmm. And the, the, uh, missionary that was there was, he said, Hey, I'll meet you at the bus station. So, you, you know, you get to the right bus to go to the airport. You're right. So we're all waiting. He never comes. It's. I think it's March or February yeah. in Ireland, which is really cold, overcast yeah. all the time. So yeah. it's 30, 40 degrees, yeah. freezing, winds blowing. Uh, and we're just waiting on the side. And we're like 30 minutes early for the bus. Oh, gosh. We have all of our luggage yeah. and we're waiting. We're fine, though. You know, nobody's <laughs> really around because who goes to the bus station? Yeah. Who, you know, who goes to the airport at 3 a.m.? Right. You know, not a lot of people other than you're traveling <laughs> on a budget, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so we're all waiting at the bus stop. And this bus goes by on the other side of the road going opposite. And we're like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But it was, it was about the time our bus was supposed to come. Yeah. And we wait another 30 minutes and still no bus. Oh. And we're like, oh, no. So we call Blake, which is the, the missionary there. And we say, Blake, uh, the bus never came. He said, which bus stop are you at? And we said, oh, well, the one on the train station side. He said, you're on the wrong side of the road. Oh, my gosh. Because they drive on the left side of the road. Oh. <laughs> so we're, we're at the right bus stop on the wrong on side the of the road. Side. So the bus just blew right past us. Because you weren't standing there. Right. And so, I mean, and, this, and the flight was two hours later. It was an international flight. We were leaving yeah. Ireland going you know, back to the U.S. So yeah. we had to go through customs and all that. Yeah. And it... We we didn't even think about it, you know. Yeah. Like we were on the wrong we were on the wrong side, right place, wrong side of the road. Boy, didn't even think about what it. What a great story, right? And and so you know, four a.m. So yeah. he, he gets us in his van and he drives us to the airport, and we make it there. I mean, within minutes of the plane taking off. But so you had to go through customs still. We, yeah, we had to go through everything, but they like rushed us through, and yeah. they they were really they really helped us out. Wow. But, Wow. Yeah. I'll never forget waiting in the cold for two hours on, on the, the wrong side, side of the road. road. Man, what a great life lesson, man. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you're in the right spot, the uh, but on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, yeah that's that's such a great story, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was uh, I was so proud of you because you had to raise like $2,200 or $2,400, mm -hmm. and you raised it all yourself, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, which is pretty pretty amazing, that you, you know, to raise that kind of money as a college student. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many good stories, so many good things yeah. that God's done in our lives. Well, I wanted to tell one, um, when you were a second grader, hmm. uh, uh, you know, I had the great privilege of always taking you, you guys to school because I always carved that out of my schedule uh, that if you were going to school, I would drop you off and pick you up every day. You know, I just you know, I, it just became part of my schedule. Everybody at the office knew that I was taking my kids to school at a certain time and I'm leaving early to go pick them up from school. That's just one of the values that I held real close. So when you were a second grader, we enrolled you in public school. Uh, and you flourished, man. You were you, you did so good, uh, but uh, because we had other kids that I was driving, I would drop you off first, 
So we would leave the house sometimes like at six thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and we would we'd always stop at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Get a cinnamon roll. One of my sweet, yeah, play exactly. One of my sweetest memories, uh, because they had this big monopoly game going mm-hmm. with McDonald's that you would collect pieces for every. Right. Product yeah. you bought. Did they do that still? I hadn't seen one in a long time. Yeah. Uh, but you had the whole card and you were collecting pieces, you know, like all the boardwalk and park mm-hmm. place and all of the little names of the streets on Monopoly that you would collect them. And of course, you, you're always one shard because they, they didn't print any boardwalks <laughs> or park places because you had every you had St. James Place and Baltic Avenue. We had right. a thousand of those, right. but no boardwalk. Uh, but but the point of it was the game. Right. So every morning you'd say, hey, let's play Monopoly. Monopoly. You know, so you and I would go through the drive through and we'd order a cinnamon roll and a, a Coke and we'd get some playing pieces mm-hmm. and you'd peel them off the side of the cup and off the off the box and we'd play um, Monopoly. And then we'd go to your school and we, we were almost always first in line. Yeah. Because I, once I dropped you off, I had to go back and get Gabrielle and, and Christian ready for school yeah. and, uh, and some of the other kids. I think maybe Ryan was already driving at that time. Um, so anyway... Um, and Cam was a preschooler. He was we, he was still going with us. Yeah. Uh, so we, we'd be the first one in line, uh, and then at seven thirty or seven o'clock, I can't remember which now. Mm-hmm. Paul Harvey mm-hmm. would come on the radio. Remember yeah, Paul Harvey? Yeah. Unfortunately, Paul Harvey's gone now. Uh, but he would always uh, do the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, and man, I loved Paul Harvey's storytelling skills. You know, and always you know was always inspired by the story because he would save the, you know, the reveal to the very last line, you know, the, the person or the event. And, he, and then he would say, and that's the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when that happened, it was time for you to get out, you yeah. know, so we'd play Monopoly. Uh, and then after Monopoly's over, we did a game of Hangman. Mm-hmm. So we would, and what a great game to teach your, your eight year old. Look, if you guess this word, I won't kill you. <laughs> yeah, a horrible game, but we play hangman. Yeah. Uh, and then we we fill in the words and then we listen to Paul Harvey and then you would go you, you would go to second grade. That's cool. You know. Uh those days go by too fast, man. I mean you blink your eye and you know, the little things in life turned out to be the big things. Mm-hmm. You know? The important stuff. Uh treasure that. One last story I wanna tell, and that is the thing that you invented mm. after we evacuated to uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Hurricane I, Katrina? I do remember. That was like 2005. I was so, in the third grade. So you were ten, you're nine or ten years yeah. old. Yeah. So you were old enough to, to be aware of what was going on. So, you know, uh, in 2005, in case you don't know, which who doesn't, but <laughs> uh, 2005, Hurricane Katrina, Category 5 storm, came up the Mississippi River and made a direct hit on Slidell, and it destroyed our community leveled us you know there wasn't a house or building in Slidell that wasn't damaged it was it was like somebody dropped a nuclear weapon Hmm. Uh, the day before she hit uh, there was a mandatory evacuation uh, by the city and it was a wise decision that our our mayor uh, made Uh, so me and you and mom and all the other kids loaded up our two cars we had a suburban and uh, a, a little Chrysler convertible. We loaded up everything we owned in those two cars uh, that we could bring, of course, in our, all of our kids. And we evacuated that uh, that night. I guess it was Sunday night, if, mm-hmm. I don't, if I remember. And we drove all the way to Birmingham, and there were so many people evacuating that the interstate had, 
was turned into contraflow, which means both sides of the interstate were all exit lanes. You know, there were probably there's probably a million people they estimated that was evacuating, you know, through all the interstates mm-hmm. out of Louisiana that night. And we every time we would get to a, a new town, we would stop to try to get a hotel. And we drove all the way to Birmingham before we found a hotel. And the hotel that we found only had one room. So all seven of us spent the night in that room with one bed. So all of all the, everybody's on the floor. You know, mom and I slept on the bed and all the kids bedded down on the floor. And then we all got up the next morning, got, you know, showered and dressed and continued our evacuation. And we wound up in East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And which is like our second home, you know, and it was like it was like God's grace on the week that we were there, four days or whatever we were there. You know, we spent the first night or two with some friends. Uh, Pastor Ken and Connie let us stay with them in, yeah. at their brother's house for the first night or two. And then we went on over to uh, uh, to East Tennessee to the Smoky Mountains and we rented this house right uh, on a creek side in a little uh, valley right outside of of pigeon forge and it was it was like a center of peace for our family in a world of a storm you know um i remember mom and i were in the bedroom watching the weather and seeing the reports of slidell and all you kids were out in the living room playing playing cards and i think that's the day ryan taught y'all how to play poker mm-hmm. remember that day y'all all, we came out and y'all were all playing poker <laughs> i was like ryan was maybe what uh how old would he have been like maybe 18 or 19 19 yeah so he was he was an adult but he was a freshman in college but he went with us um so mom and i are in the bedroom we're watching you know the report of our hometown and all the destruction and we're like heartbroken and we're in tears and we know that our life was never going to be the same and we didn't really know what we were going to face when we got home and then we hear a knock at the door uh and mom looked at me and she said that's the kids they probably know what's going on so i said well we better just tell them the truth i mean they're smart they're going to figure it out especially ryan he's old enough to know what's going on so I braced myself to open the door to see what your question was, and it was Ryan. And uh, he opened the door, and he, he looked at me, and he said, um, Dad, does a full house beat three of a kind? <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. I forgot the order, but, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> and he closed the door, and that's when we know that, you know, you guys were still in that, that bubble. Yeah. You know, you were still just – uh, safe, you know, yeah. even though we knew the world wasn't safe, but you guys were safe. Uh, so we stayed there like three nights, I think. And then on the day that we were going to leave, you asked if you could go down the trail to the creek, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm a little bit overprotective, but I said, sure, go ahead down there. So, you know, 30 minutes ago, and we can see you down the trail. You were safe, but you were kind of by yourself. And we were, I was loading up the truck and we were getting ready to, to come back to uh, home. Uh, so I went down the creek bank to find you and you you were holding a a limb in your hand Mm -hmm. and it's about maybe three or four feet long Mm -hmm. and you had weaved some other uh sticks it was a bird feeder that was on it was was. was an old rusted bird feeder that was just hanging on a tree yeah you found a bird feeder and you attached it to the limb yeah and uh so i when i got to you i was was watching this like what is What is Kate doing? What's going on in it? So, so uh, just the innocence of it just really just, 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 you know, just brought joy to my soul. So I said, Kate, 
what do you have? And you said, Dad, I built a leaf catcher. <laughs> I said, are you serious? Oh you built a leaf catcher? And I said, show me how it works. And you waded out into the creek up to your knees. And as the water was running by, you were catching leaves yeah. and dumping them on the side of the bed. It was like a shovel. <laughs> like, I made I, a shovel. You made a, a really bad leaf shovel. catcher. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that brought so much joy to mom and I. We still talk about that sometimes. Like, remember that day Kate made a leaf catcher? Our world's over. Our life is done in yeah. Slidell. But our son just brought us a ray of hope and sunshine. <laughs> and you've been that way so many times in our lives, you know. And it's been one of the great privileges of my life that, you know, that we get to work together, you know. Yeah. I, I never would have dreamed that would have happened and i love every minute of it in fact i wish all of my kids could work for me uh but it's a joy that you do and that christian does you know and it's just so good on sunday mornings it's like i don't know it's, it's such a uh, celebration in my own spirit when i see you know christian and leading worship and you leading media or playing the drums and cam yeah. on the piano yeah. or and mom leading worship you know it just it just reminds me that we've always done this as a family you know and uh you know, we love Jesus first, but our family's a tight second, you know, and it's just such a joy, you know, and that we get to do it together in our church that we planted hmm. the year you were born. When I was planted. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The same time. <laughs> the time that we were creating you. you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. God, Jesus was creating a brand new, yeah. a brand new church, you know, uh, and it's been such a joy. So, uh, well, we're going to wrap it up. I know it's been a long conversation. Any stories you want to tell before we close out? Anything you want to say? We've said it all. No, yeah. we've got a lot more stories. Yeah, we have a thousand more. I'm sure we'll do a Might part, be part two. two or three. Yeah, or we should four, do a couple, a couple of more because I got a whole list <laughs> thing that we can we can talk about. But um, uh, sure enjoyed spending an hour with you. Yes, thanks for joining me on the podcast. You produce it. Really, it's your work. <laughs> I just sit here and talk a lot, but you do all the real work that makes this happen. And uh, we are glad we're glad that you joined us today for stories. I didn't get to tell. Last Sunday, this is uh, our weekly podcast. I'm Doug McAllister, pastor at Journey Fellowship Church in Slidell. Uh, you can watch some of the past episodes. They are all archived on the Journey app. If you don't have the Journey app, you can download it for free uh, at your app store. Just search for Journey Fellowship Church app, and you can download it to your smart device. Not only can you see the podcast, uh, but also uh, past sermon series, uh, maybe what, a couple years worth uh, four little, years, I believe. Four years yeah. worth of past sermons. So if you want to... And they only increase in quality. Oh, they, yeah, our early technology... We start was, with the webcam. Before Kate <laughs> came on the scene, it wasn't quite as good as it is now. Uh, but uh, and he's making it better every... He and his team are making it better every every week. Uh, but we'd love for you to uh, download the uh, the Journey app. Uh, also, come visit us uh, in person. If you live near Slotel, Louisiana, uh, we have uh, live worship. The auditorium is open, full children's ministry. Uh, 3127 Pontchartrain Drive in Slidell. We're directly across the street from the new Walmart. Uh, we'd love to worship with you. You can find out more about us at journeyfellowshipchurch.com. And I post a weekly blog on Thursday 
it's an ongoing conversation that I have with my dog, Hatch. Uh, he is a West Highland Terrier, and uh, he and I have some really good early morning conversations, and uh, he's a smart dog. Uh, but we post that every Thursday, mm-hmm. and we post a new blog weekly. I think th- these post on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yeah, so uh, you can watch some of the past. But uh, anyway, it's been a pleasure spending an hour with you today. And from all of us here at Journey, we want to let you know that we love you and that we pray for you often, and we would love to meet you in person. So come visit us at Journey, or at least join on the online campus, and let's worship God together. So this is Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church with Cade today, and we've had a great time being with you, and we will see you next time.